that you having um, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Church, give, and God's going to take care of you. What a wonderful opportunity to trust Him. I know that many, um, you know, businesses, and you know, I know that finances are being challenged right now. Trust God. I can't stress it enough. Trust God. He changed your life when you surrendered your life to him. And if you're believing for financial breakthrough, I would be honoring him first. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I just want to pray as you're preparing to give, however you're doing that. Father, just thank you for the privilege and the honor of sowing right now into a heavenly kingdom where moth and rust cannot destroy, where thieves cannot break in and steal. God, you're bigger, you're greater. Your economy is bigger and greater than anything that could be happening here on earth. And so, Father, we want to see to it that your kingdom is placed as priority one in our hearts and in our lives. Father, use these monies, change lives with them because we cannot be partnering with you to change any lives by keeping them, and we only can by sowing and giving them. Father, use these monies, change hearts, change lives. As we're not just praying your kingdom come, your will be done, we're giving so that your kingdom would come, your will would be done. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. God bless you as you give. And just a, a couple a quick announcements. Uh, your, uh, your kids, so they're not left behind, are going to be uh, having a lesson Posted on our website. You can find that at restoreionia.com slash kids. Uh, we'll also be live streaming our Thursday noon uh, prayers uh, to encourage you. And uh, you can join us live for that. And I am also going to be providing a teaching Wednesday nights at 6 p.m. So please, um, you, know, keep, uh, you know, keep updated with, with all of that. I want to share what I believe the Lord's put on my heart. I believe it's a word for the body of Christ, and I, I just couldn't get away from it, and so I want, to, I want to share it. In Matthew 21, verse 12, I'm going to, I have two portions of Scripture. I'm going to read one, and I'll reference the other. It says, then Jesus went into the temple of God and he drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. Then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. I believe the word for the body of Christ right now is that what is taking place God is going to use what's taken place to purify the church so that the blind and the lame can come, so that the people that can't see Jesus right now, so that the people whose walk is not right before God right now would come and he would heal them. Because more important than any of the programs that a church could offer, more important than anything that we could provide is that 
God cleanses his temple, that he purifies his house, that it's once again restored as a house of prayer, not a house of programs, and not a house that's based on finances, but a house of prayer. Then the blind and the lame will come and he'll heal them. And I know this much. I know that church as usual, um, when all of this, when we're on the other side of this, it'll never be the same again. We just can't go on and we can't desire God. We just want it to be like it was. It can never be like it was again. And so please don't look for it to be like it was again. And I'm thinking of the end of Hebrews chapter 12 when it says before Jesus returns that there'll be a shaking and that shaking is going to take place so that those things which cannot be shaken would remain. And so right now there's a shaking going on and we're finding out what is truly important in the body of Christ. And what we offer people has to be genuine, it has to be real because I believe the day is quickly coming when people are going to trade traditions in for the truth. Because traditions aren't going to cut it. Observances aren't going to cut it. This practice and that practice, they want truth. They want what's real. They want what's genuine. And if the church does not provide that, then they're going to look elsewhere. It is upon us. It is upon us to offer that which is genuine. Genuine worship ushering in the presence of God. Genuine words from the Lord that come straight from heaven, that we're responsible before God to provide that, and people are looking for it. And when they find that truth, that truth will set them free. They're going to trade their traditions for truth. Hear me out. They'll trade tradition for truth. And if we do not see to it that our wineskin is new, then the new thing that God is doing is going to burst our old wineskins. It's going to tear our old wineskins. Church, God is up to something good. It's profound, it's deep, it's rich, and our ears must be tuned in to what it is that the Holy Spirit is speaking to the church this very hour. Isn't it amazing that all seven churches, it said, let him who has ears hear what the Holy Spirit is speaking to the church. Have ears in this hour. Hear what the Holy Spirit is speaking to the church. But the old order is being done away with. The new order is come, and what we offer has got to be genuine. It's got to be real, and the presence of God has got to be all over it. The presence of God needs to be all over the worship and the word. All that we offer, you're finding people are being drawn to prayer more than ever right now. There is a move of God taking place in our country of prayer right now. Isn't it amazing? When things were going so well, it was hard to get people to show up for prayer. People are tuning in all over by the thousands for online prayer meetings. Church, God's up to something, and it's good. Don't notice what's going on all around us. Be looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen? Amen. If you've got your Bibles, I want you to open to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we're going to be talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit today. There has never been an hour greater than the one that we're in right now where the gifts of the Holy Spirit are needed and necessary. And you may have been raised in a church that doesn't believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I'm encouraging you to revisit that again. I'm encouraging you to take a second glance at what Scripture has to say about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Because I believe that they are going to come more into play than ever before. And they are needed and they are necessary. 
Church, if the gifts of the Holy Spirit were needed at the onset of the church age, don't you think that they'll be all the more necessary at the end of the church age? And the Holy Spirit, he hasn't changed. People change. God does not. And the Holy Spirit is God. And I believe he still desires to come as a mighty rushing wind. But are we all together in unity, all in one accord? And so I'm telling you right now, the Holy Spirit didn't come one way and then midstream all of a sudden altered his course and changed his direction and, and said, hey, 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 we're in a new dispensation. I assure you, no one asked the Holy Spirit if he was in a new dispensation. People might have gone into a dispensation. The Holy Spirit hasn't. And his gifts are still available today. They have not ceased any more than knowledge has ceased. We're told to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so I believe the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for today. I don't believe speaking in tongues is of the devil because when I was serving the devil, I would have been speaking in tongues and so would have you. And so let's look with fresh eyes because these gifts are gonna come into play. We're gonna lay a foundation today and then next Sunday we're gonna build on that foundation and we're gonna go into even greater detail. So I'm in 1 Corinthians Chapter 12, I'm reading out of the New King James this morning. Look at verse 1. It says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit of God. So why would we follow a series on grace with a series on the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Well, our answer is found in the word gifts in verse one. If you look that word up, it's the Greek word charismata. And it means the ability, the abilities that the Holy Spirit gives to the church. And it comes from the same root word as grace does. Isn't that powerful? That the gifts of the Holy Spirit are a supernatural manifestation of God's grace and if ever the body of Christ, if ever the world needed to see a manifestation of God's grace, it's now. And there is no better way to see a manifestation of God's grace than through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I just want to plug a book that Pastor Lee Cummings has written called The School of the Spirit. It's coming out soon. Uh, he sent me a rough draft. I read it. Maybe... The best book, and, and being in full gospel ministry for 25 years, I've read a lot of books on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. This is probably the best book that I know of written in the past 50 years on the gifts and the ministries of the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to get it, and we're going to promote it. It's, it's, that, it's that good. And I didn't steal his title, School of the Spirit, because his book's called The School of the Spirit. Um, I, Pastor Lee, I just like that title. So... Um, but I am going to swipe a few excellent points, which, he, which um, I may or may not give him credit for. And I already told him I was going to do this. And he just laughed. And he goes, you do whatever you want. And so from our study on grace, we learned that it's, if it's of grace, it's not earned, it's unmerited. That if it's of grace, it's not earned, it's unmerited. So goes with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They're God-given. They're God-deposited in us by his Grace, and if you wanted to do a, a, another study, you could look at Galatians 5, verses 22 through 23, 
and you would find that there are also nine fruits of the Holy Spirit. Nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, nine fruits of the Holy Spirit. And if you study numbers and their significance, the number nine is a number of grace in Scripture. It's a number of grace. So before we jump into the gifts themselves, I want to look at verse 11 here in 1 Corinthians 12, because it's very, very key. Notice it says, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. That's 1 Corinthians 12, 11. Notice it says, all these things. So every gift is available to every believer. And it's incorrect to think that people have a certain gift because they're not our gifts. They're the Holy Spirit's gifts. They're not ours. And so it's not healthy for us to think that I have the gift of this or I have the gift of that. I have the, they're not yours. They're the Holy Spirit's gifts. The gifts belong to the Holy Spirit. They don't belong to us. And just because he uses us in a gift doesn't mean it's now ours because we've been used in that gift. Let me use this as an illustration and hopefully you'll quickly see the connection. I've let my sons use my car, but it's not theirs. I decided where and when they got to use my car. The Holy Spirit decides when and where you use his gifts. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are used as he wills and desires. The Holy Spirit can use any gift in anyone in any situation. Also, looking at that illustration of my sons using my car before giving over the keys, there were agreed upon conditions because it's my car and it's not their car. Same goes with the Holy Spirit's gifts because they are his, not ours. With my car, because they are my sons, they have access to it. There must be an established relationship with the Holy Spirit in order to function in his gifts as well. My boys have access to my car because they've been birthed into my family. You have access into the Holy Spirit's gifts when you've been birthed into God's family. My sons can only use my car when they come of age or were old enough to understand and were licensed. And I would compare this to the baptism of the Holy Spirit as any biblical baptism is for those who are old enough to grasp and understand what it is they're doing and committing to. So there is a coming of age, there is an understanding, there is a grasping, there is a realization that the Holy Spirit has gifts, he wants us to be used in them, he does not want us to be ignorant about them, he wants us to be informed about them, and you can be used by God in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. My sons won't use my car apart from my permission and will, and neither will we be used in the gifts of the Holy Spirit apart from his permission and will. And I, I want to say this. Just as Jesus was always willing to heal, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me whole. Jesus was always well, I'm willing. I believe the Holy Spirit's willing that the Holy Spirit wants us to be used in his gifts. And so there's really nothing keeping you from being used in the gifts of the Holy Spirit other than maybe what you've been raised with and what you might have to cut through and some of the unknowns. Well, of course it's unknown because they're not your gifts, they're his. And you have to know him to be used in those gifts and you also have to step out to be used in those gifts. If, if my sons never took my keys and after I gave them permission and 
started the car and took off, they, they never would have gone anywhere using my vehicle. If we, once we have been given license by the Holy Spirit to be used in his gifts, if we don't use them, we're not going anywhere. And I'm telling you right now, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are precious in the earth today. And they're needed and they're necessary in the earth today. But our hearts have to be right before God. I believe there needs to be a baptism of the Holy Spirit. And there's a difference. And we're going to go into this more next week. But there is another baptism. And we see this in Acts 19. We see that there's not only water baptism, but there's spirit baptism. And we see this in the, in the Exodus. It's even used in Scripture to illustrate the, 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 the conversion of a believer, uh, leaving one kingdom, entering another. Water baptism, walking through the Red Sea. Spirit baptism, the pillar of cloud, the pillar of fire. Remember what John the Baptist said in Matthew 3, 11, that there is one coming after me who is mightier than I am. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. I'm telling you right now, People need to see a healthy, not a flaky, not a crazy use of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They need to see a natural, loving outflow of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And before we begin to to wind down, I want to draw your attention. One last enormous point, and then next week we're going to dive into each of the, the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. And obviously, you know, in the time that we have, I'm not going to be going into great length on some, but on those that maybe aren't as easily understood, I'm going to give more attention and detail to them. But there is a reason why in Scripture, sandwiched between 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians 14, there's a chapter on love. And it's amazing, out of all the chapters that could be used to argue against the gifts of the Holy Spirit being used today, it's 1 Corinthians 13. Yet start to finish, it's a chapter, it's a chapter on love. I want to encourage you with something, church, and I want to encourage you to study it out yourself and to see if 1 Corinthians 13 is not start to finish your chapter on love. And then I'm going to draw your attention to just a few verses in it, and we could look at many, but we're going to look at just a few verses in it. And why is it that out of all the arguments that cessationists or people who believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit have ceased, why out of all the arguments would they grab a verse out of the middle of that chapter that is start to finish on love, and say, see, tongues have ceased. They died out with the apostles. Um, now that we have scripture in its entirety, we no longer need the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Well, sure we do. That's like saying then we don't need all of scripture either, that we don't need the Old Testament because we're living in New Testament times, but how many of you have been ministered to, ministered to greatly by the Old Testament? I know I have. I'm so grateful for the Old Testament. We're not doing away with the Old Testament because of Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, and ascension, and the New Testament now. And we shouldn't be doing away with the gifts of the Holy Spirit either. The Holy Spirit's come. He's not left. The Holy Spirit is still here. 
Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. The Holy Spirit's here. And I don't know about you, but if I was going to be in communion with the Holy Spirit, like 2 Corinthians 13, 14 tells us we can be, I'd want to make sure that I was used in his gifts, that I was honoring him with his gifts. And so look at 1 Corinthians 13. And please Keep in mind that Romans 5, 5 says that God not only loves us, but gives us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love is how the New Living words it. So how can we possibly expect the gifts and ministries of the Holy Spirit to work through our lives if we don't have love? Look at 1 Corinthians 13, 1. It says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I become sounding brass or a clanging symbol. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Isn't it amazing that love is greater than any prophecy, than greater than any martyrdom? Isn't it amazing that love is greater than any giving? There is nothing greater than love, and love is the basis for the use of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That's why 1 Corinthians 12 talks about them. 1 Corinthians 14 goes into greater detail about them. But in between 1 Corinthians 13 it speaks of love because if you don't have love, you're just making a lot of noise. It doesn't matter everything you do. It doesn't matter the faith that you have. Everything we minister out of must be ministered out of in love. Church, we need the gifts today. We need them more than ever today. And I want to speak to those of you that You've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. When I speak of praying in the Spirit, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I can't think of a, of a greater opportunity right now to be praying in the Holy Spirit. I'm reminded of Ephesians chapter 6. Speaking about God's armor, verses 14 through 17. 17, speaking about the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And then look at verse 18. I want to draw your attention to Ephesians 6, 18. It says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit in the spirit look at the book of Jude right before the book of Revelation the book of Jude I'm telling you the book of Jude is a powerful powerful book look at verse 20 Jude verse 20 it says but you beloved building yourselves up on your most holy faith praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. You want to build yourself up in faith? You want to keep yourselves in the love of God? 
pray in the Holy Spirit. And where it says building yourselves up in your most holy faith, that building yourselves up is the very same language that 1 Corinthians 14.4 uses when it says that when you pray in tongues, you edify yourself. You build yourself up. I cannot stress, church, how important it is to be praying in the Spirit in these last days. And I don't believe this virus that's hit us is, is the end. There are an awful lot of prophecies that remain to be fulfilled before Jesus returns. But I believe it's an opportunity for us to wake up. It's an opportunity for us to wake up. And those of you that are full gospel believers, you believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, prophecy. I'm encouraging you to be praying in the Holy Spirit like you have never prayed in the Holy Spirit before. And if any should be fearful, it should not be the Spirit-filled believer who can strengthen himself by praying in the Holy Spirit, who can keep himself in the love of God by praying in the Holy Spirit. Now is the time for you to edify yourself by praying in the Spirit. Now is the time that you keep yourselves in the love of God. Not in the nightly news. Not in everything that comes down the pike online. But in the love of God by praying in the Holy Spirit. Church, pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. More than ever today, you need to be praying in the Spirit. And you'll find that you get stronger as you do that you build yourselves up in your most holy faith as you pray in the Holy Spirit, just like you would build a building. It's literally uh, like construction terms for building a building up. That's what happens when you pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit, church. Pray in the Spirit. I don't even think we know the depths of what praying in the Spirit really, really does. Scripture says we speak wisdom, says our spirit prays, our minds are unfruitful. Scripture says we give thanks. Well, all of this is found in 1 Corinthians 14. But now is the time. Now is the time for us to pray in the Spirit. It is just as much a part of your spiritual armor as the, the breastplate, the helmet, the, 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 the shoes, the, you know, the, the sword of the Spirit, it's just as much a part of the armor, and I believe it's mentioned in the very same breath as the other articles of God's armor. You've been given weaponry. Will you use it? Will you use it? And I want to pray for you that are watching. You need a, a fresh pouring out, if I could say, of God's Spirit, a fresh baptism in the Holy Spirit. We know in Acts chapter 4, the very same ones that were filled with the Holy Spirit in the upper room were filled again with the Holy Spirit as they prayed for boldness. The Holy Spirit's looking for people that will boldly step out with His gifts. He will fill you again and again and again and again. So when Scripture says to be filled with the Holy Spirit, it's like a continual, to be being filled. We need to be filled again and again and again 
with the Spirit of the living God. It's time for you to go back to your full gospel roots. It's time for you to pick up your weaponry and it's time for you to be praying in the Spirit. Again, we need you now more than ever. And for those of you that have never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I believe that God is more than able to baptize you in the Holy Spirit right now where you are if you would only ask. If you would only ask. I think of the the centurion who told Jesus it wasn't necessary for him to come to his house in order for his servant to be healed because he understood the authority of God. I believe it isn't necessary for you to be present here in a congregation for you to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. I think of scriptures like Luke eleven thirteen. How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? It doesn't put conditions on where you ask. It just says if you only would. And one last thing before I lead you in a prayer, and I really had not intended on doing this, but feel it so strongly on my heart to lead you in the baptism. I've never led anyone in the baptism of the Holy Spirit live like this before, but I believe it's a new day. It's a different day. Luke 10, 19 says, Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notice serpents and scorpions in Luke 10, 19. And then in Luke 11, verse 11, it says, if a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? If he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? You're not gonna give get a devil when you ask the Heavenly Father for the Holy Spirit. You're not going to get a demon. And you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit today more than ever. Those of you that are rattled right now and you're shaken, pray in the Holy Spirit. It is part of God's armor for you. Those of you that have never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I want to lead you in a very simple prayer. I believe that you have invited Jesus in your heart already. You're a believer. And that you are asking the Father in heaven for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're going to ask the Father in Jesus' name. And according to Matthew 3.11, it says Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. And so right now you're watching whether you need a refilling or whether you are being filled for the very first time, you might be thinking, Pastor John, didn't I get the Holy Spirit when I got saved? Yes, but this is about a baptism of the Holy Spirit. When you got saved, it was like taking a drink. The baptism is like going swimming. You're gonna be immersed with the Holy Spirit and that can happen right in your home right now. God is not bound by walls. God is not bound by by the internet he's going to use this as a vehicle to baptize you in the Holy Spirit 
And so right now, wherever you are, you need a refilling or you desire to be filled for the very first time, I want to lead you in this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father. Go ahead. Say, Heavenly Father. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Jesus, baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Give me my prayer language. In Jesus' name I ask. In Jesus' name I believe. In Jesus' name I receive. In Jesus' name. Now I want you to begin to make sound with your voice. And God's going to supply a language that you've never known before. And it should seem a little strange because you've never done this before. I have led people in the baptism of the Holy Spirit in countries where I didn't even know their language. By the side of the Jordan River in Israel. I'm telling you, this is real and it's been real for 2,000 years and it's still real and you need it. And it's necessary today because you will be able to strengthen yourself, edify yourself, build yourself up like you've never been able to before. And so begin to speak out right now. Not words in English, but begin to make sound with your voice and God's going to supply a language for you right now that you've never known before. And you can try to do what I'm doing, but I am going to encourage you that as you start to do what I'm doing, you cannot listen and speak at the same time, and God is going to supply your language. I will help you to get started, but you leap and you jump out with me right now. Go ahead. Keep going. You're going to have to leap. You're going to have to jump. God needs a sound from your voice to provide a language that you can hear, can't understand, but it is your spirit praying. I'm believing right now people are beginning to speak in tongues. I'm believing right now people are being immersed by the Holy Spirit. Head to foot. You're feeling the presence of God like you've never felt before. Fear is leaving. Anxiety is leaving. Dread for the future is leaving. And not only peace is coming, but strength is coming. And life like you've never known is coming. It's pouring over you like a river because it will soon pour out of you like a river. Jesus said in John 7, 37, 38 out of our bellies will flow rivers of living water and we know that scripture was speaking about the Holy Spirit in that instance let it flow church let it flow and it's a language the more you use it the more that it'll grow and you are in need of it today use the baptism of the Holy Spirit use the prayer language that he's given you Yes, you're speaking in tongues right now. Some of you haven't for years, and you are now getting reacquainted with the touch of the Holy Spirit. You're now getting reacquainted with the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit. And fear not, he only lead and guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit doesn't lead you into lies or deception. He only leads and guides into all truth. Right now, you're praying in the Spirit. I don't care if this is awkward. It's needed and it's necessary today. You need it. I need it. We need it. You pray in the Holy Spirit more than, than you worry from this moment on. You pray in the Holy Spirit and you listen to the good news more than you're listening to the nightly news from this moment on. Church, pray. 
Church, pray. We are in need of this today. In need of this today. If you've never asked Jesus into your heart before, maybe I should have done this in reverse order, but I want to invite you to ask Jesus into your heart. Right now, ask the Heavenly Father to forgive you of your sins. Right now, ask Jesus to come into your heart. As you do, you're exchanging your old life for now that which is new. Old things are gone. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. I just want to close in prayer. Again, our offices will be open. We're open typically Monday through Thursday, 9 to 3. If you've got questions, you could even make good use of social media in a day and an age when it's being used for so many worthless things. Use it for things that are worthwhile, like your growth as a believer, like your growth in spiritual things that the Holy Spirit would want you not to be ignorant of, want you to know and to understand. We would love to be able to connect with you. And so please reach out to us. You can go to our website, RestoreIonia.com. You can try to reach us through Facebook, however you choose. Our greatest concern right now is that the body not only increase in number, but grow in the gracious ministries of the Holy Spirit right now. We are in need of them, church. We need people that are hearing from God, hearing good news, hearing the voice of God, being led by the Holy Spirit. That's what we need in this hour. And so I want to pray over you right now. Father in heaven, I ask that you would grow these that have begun to pray in the Spirit, that have picked the mantle of prayer back up again. There have been many intercessors in this area that have been believing for years for you to do a work, oh God. Father, now is the time. The time has now come. And any work that you do, God, is going to be bathed in prayer. Any revival historically took place after there was a move of God in prayer. And you are stirring hearts to pray all over our nation and all over the world like never before. Live prayer meetings are being attended and viewed by thousands. You're moving, oh God, in our midst. You're moving, oh God, in our midst. And our desire, oh God, is to seek you to turn from our wicked ways so that you would forgive our sins and heal our land. We're turning to you, oh God. Hear from heaven. Hear from heaven. Hear from heaven. Forgive our sins and heal our land. We stand on behalf of this region, Father God, from Battle Creek to Stanton, Lansing to Grand Rapids. Father God, we beseech you, we beg you to forgive our sins and heal our land. Father, we repent of our sinful ways and we turn to you, oh God, the only wise God. We turn to you. Father, may forgiveness and healing flow like we have never seen it. 
And may people begin to know you and to walk with you like they've never walked with you before. Your word promises that once the temple is cleared and cleansed, that the blind and the lame would come. Father, I believe eyes have opened today. I believe that bodies have straightened today because you can make the crooked places straight. I believe you're healing right now, Father. I believe there are people right now standing. I believe there are right now people that are straightening. Father, I believe right now eyes are seeing what they've never seen before, that the eyes of hearts are being enlightened right now, this very minute, according to Ephesians 1.18, that our eyes of our heart, our hearts are seeing what they've never seen before, experiencing what they've never experienced before. Oh God, have your way. Oh God, let the gifts of the Holy Spirit saturate every city, county, state, Revival in the United States of America is what we are in need of. The world is in need of a revival. A living God pouring his spirit out. Pour your spirit out, oh God, we ask. Pour your spirit out, oh God, we pray. Pour your spirit out. It's you that we're in need of. It's you that we're in need of. Father, we we ask that as we pray in the Spirit, that you would strengthen, that you would build up. And God, I ask that your church, the body of Christ, would be fortified, would be stronger than it's ever been. God, shake those things which can be shaken so that those things which cannot be shaken would remain. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Father God, now we go in the heat of your spirit. Holy Spirit, be our guide. Lead and guide us into all truth. Cause us to remember the word of God when we need it most. Oh, God. Oh, God. Release your gifts upon the earth so that those who can grasp and understand would use them. Father, thank you for what you're going to do through this time. Thank you for the purifying and the refining that are going to, that's going to come to the body Thank you that the church is going to be stronger than it's ever been. And it's going to realize that it never was made of brick and mortar, but of living stones. Have your way, oh God. We love you so very much. And we are pressing in to you more than ever to hear what your Holy Spirit, to hear Holy Spirit what you're saying to the church today we want to know what you're saying we've heard what everyone else is saying Holy Spirit we want to know what you're saying I hear you Holy Spirit saying rise up oh mighty man awake oh mighty man 
It is time for the men and women of God to rise up, to awaken. Father, may there be an awakening in the church. May there be an awakening in the church that shows that we're ready and that we will properly handle the great end times harvest. In Jesus' name, we ask all these things. In Jesus' name, we pray. We love you very much. Thank you for joining us. We are here for you, and we will be here for you to pray for you. If you have prayer requests, please get them to us either through social media or calling them into the office. We want to agree in prayer with you. Prayer is not limited to buildings, and it's not limited to where you are. We can cry out to God collectively, and we have a prayer chain, and we will notify them so that we can be in agreement um, in prayer with you. One puts a thousand of light, two ten thousand. So please get those things to us. We will be here every Sunday at 9 a.m. until this lifts, and then we're looking forward to gathering with you again soon. We're believing soon and very soon. God bless. We will see you Wednesday night. We'll see you Thursday at noon. God bless. We love you very much.